0: From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside, the entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short-form video documentaries. In this episode, we go back to the spring of 2017, where myself and previous employee, Payson Tickham, created a short promotional documentary on the film A Year by the Sea, which premiered that year. The film's based on the book of the same name by Joan Anderson. We had the opportunity to record a conversation between Joan and the film's director, Alexander Janko, who's most notable for his composing work on the film My Big Fat Creek Wedding.
1: we good. Right. That's your clapper? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what we do for low-budget clapping. <laughs> love it.
2: Yeah, I do love it.
1: So let's go back in time. Okay. To the first book. Yes. And
2: That was a long time ago.
1: Was. That was.
2: N- we don't want to tell how long it was.
1: <laughs> That's okay. No. We don't want
2: it to be that long.
1: But, but no, because I love actually the fact that and we say this in Q and A's, that it was the precursor to Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. Because I, you know, you were- She copied me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said that was a good idea. Let's use, you know, the same idea for her.
1: Because you were a decade before. That's right. The Early 90s. Right. But you came out to the Cape, you had this amazing experience, and then you decided to write about it. And the publishing journey was a long road.
2: A long road, 37 rejections. 10 rewrites and then when I sold it they said would you write it rewrite it again and again no they said would you rewrite it again and if we like the first three chapters we'll buy it Ah. but if it doesn't end properly the way we we think it should end we will renege on the whole thing and only give you five (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars that was not a good deal (laughs) but I did that deal because I was desperate you know I wanted it to get out there so right um So that's what it was. And they were surprised. Most books do not end up to the liking of the publisher. Did you know that? No. And so they they liked the way it ended up. Hmm. And since, it doesn't matter if the audience knows this, but since my husband and I stayed together, for Mm. better or for worse, Mm. (laughs) um, that they would not have bought it if we had split. Oh, wow. Because it was a time when too many people were going off into the sunset. Wow! So it was a lucky thing we stayed together. So it was the
1: reconciliation. The
2: reconciliation, right? To a point, right? But you know we've got this film now where right. there's an open-ended ending,
1: right? So it was rejected by thirty-seven publishers. Rew- had to rewrite it ten times at least. And then how long did it take before it actually started to climb up the charts? Of the uh,
2: it did really well. It did pretty well for the summer, but they only they only printed like ten thousand books. Okay. And the two women that bought the book were gone. And two men took over, and they called it a chick book. I didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) I mean, everything was against it. Right. And um, then all of a sudden, a a PR person at Doubleday said, you live on Cape Cod, and this is a summer book. It's kind of like the film. Right. Summer book. It could be a summer book. Mm. So spend a couple thousand dollars of your own money and promote it. So I did. B- b- borrowed money from my mom. Wow. And promoted it myself. And then somebody in Westport, Connecticut, a PR agent, got me on the Today Show. Right. And after I was on the Today Show, and the mor- Saturday Today Show. Okay. Not the real Today Show.
1: Right. <laughs> the weekend.
2: And they put me in the car to, to, to go to the airport, and I said, well, that was quick. I, I hope it does well. She said, oh no, you're on your way now. And the very next day, it was number two on whatever bestseller list at that point there was. Wow. Power of, you know, seven minutes on to the Today Show.
1: And then how much longer before Oprah picked you up?
2: Uh, that was like June and she picked me up in fall.
1: Okay. And then that must have been a huge- Oh, no, show. no,
2: no. She didn't pick me up, I'm sorry. Oprah did not pick me up for the for the hardbound.
1: Oh, it was the paperback. The
2: paperback. Huh. So that was a whole nother year. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
1: And you had already started the second book at that point? Were you? No. So you were still kind of in publicity and (laughs) promotion on the first book.
2: Would you understand that?
1: (laughs) I do. So it wound Uh, up being a longer journey than you thought. A very long journey.
2: (laughs) And and now I talk about second journeys and third journeys and fourth journeys and seventh journeys. Right.
1: It's kind of like the life cycles in reality.
2: And here I am back doing this film with you. Right. And it's been one journey after another journey. We were sitting here at this table.
1: Well, it's just, it's so interesting to me because we we honestly have never talked about the specifics of the promotion of the book and stuff, but it's so parallels what we're doing with the film. I know. Right, because we started out with the film. Yes. Nobody would give us the money, so we go and raise it on Kickstarter.
2: Right, which happened at this table, remember? That's right. We went on to Kickstarter, (laughs) we opened Champagne.
1: You had celebrated your 50th wedding anniversary. You guys came back from Knew. That's nope, right, and we had to convince all of your fans who were afraid to give their credit card numbers right. and give us any money. But that's how we raised the development fund. That's right. And then
2: we had the reading.
1: We had the reading, which really helped the material.
2: And told us that we had something because when do you remember? That's right. We we got this theater, and when we walked out of our last rehearsal, the line was out the door.
1: And we had women. Coming up, they met each other on Facebook, and they came all the way up from Jersey. And then those mother and daughter drove out from Michigan because they wanted to be there for the live stage reading.
2: And of course, then it got to now, and they're going, "When can I see it? When can (laughs) I see it? When
1: can I see it?" It's so interesting because Laura and I are constantly um, responding to these social media posts where they're like upset with us. When's it coming to Missouri? Yeah, why is the film not? In Maine, or Arkansas, or Kansas, or Missouri. And who understands? And we have to actually tell them, well, making a movie is really hard, raising the money is harder, but distribution is the hardest of all. And we need your help. We need you to go to your local theater, to your art house, you know, request the film, say, yeah. we want to see it.
2: And they're saying, oh, please, I just want to see it.
1: Yeah. They want to just be able to have it magically here. Yes. Right.
2: <laughs> and we know that that's, now we know. Right. Would you ever do a film again? <laughs> I turn the tails on oh, Yeah.
1: Know. I mean, of course, I mean, I think as, as an artist, you always want to improve upon your craft and, you know, do the next one and do it better and apply all the lessons that you've learned. But this was a nine year journey. I had no idea that it was gonna take that long. And we had zero intention of have, needing to self promote or self distribute the film. Right. So here we are yet again, kind of proving ourselves, right? right? We, we raise the money, we go make the movie we go out onto the festival circuit, we win all these awards, nobody picks us up, but we know we have an audience, so we say, okay, let's take it down to Florida, which we did. Um, And kind of like your book, what was so funny to me was initially that Florida weekend, it was okay, Yeah, but it was the fact that we stayed in the theaters for 12 weeks, and we had legs, and that we actually got to get some traction. But then we did exactly like you did, we brought the film back to, Cape, to the home, to Cape Cod, to right. home, and and this is sort of home base.
2: What did you say? What did you like the most about being the director, composer, writer? You loved writing with me, though. I that, think the writing really process
1: was the best part.
2: We had such a good time. I mean, at the kitchen counter. I yeah. was at the kitchen counter. Yeah. Where were you writing from? Uh,
1: I was in Michigan for the most part.
2: But where were you in what?
1: Oh, um, I think in my writing chair. Although I spent a lot of time on the beach. You know, when working when, on
2: the beach, yeah, talking to me, yeah. Wow! Yeah.
1: Because I wanted to be, I wanted to be in that world, in that space, right? I wanted to be able to hear uh-huh. the water and, and you know feel the sand. And the
2: water was really, is really in the in the film all the time. For sure. And that was the, the cameraman said we've got to always have the water in the film.
1: Well, but it started with the book, so you you sort of shaped the book into the four, four, into the tides four tides, and then I used that as the structure for the film.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That, what I love the most is that there will be a line that I'll hear in the film and I'll go, well, Where'd you get that line? <laughs> and then you say it's you from your it. book. <laughs> but, no, but I want to know what was your most, what was a high point, a high point in doing this whole project, other than meeting me?
1: Um, I think probably the highest. High, like mm-hmm. th- throughout the production process it was it was wonderful to see the actors bring the characters to life um, It was it was fun to be challenged and you know to to, to, to to stretch myself and to work in areas that I hadn't worked before but f- honestly the high for me the mm-hmm. highest high is standing in the back of a darkened theater and Watching the audience watching the film. I've
2: been wanting to do that and I I, I feel like I'm I'm being a voyeur No, you so ha- I'm you not
1: have to do it because because you you, 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 either you need to be in the back, mm-hmm. or you need to somehow get in front. So that, but that you—that you the, you do not want them to know that you're watching right. them watching the movie. But because when you see them, them laugh and then cry and then cheer and just—it's this—it's—it's just, it's like a roller coaster. You, we, we've actually created something that they go on a ride. It's just this really—it's really, it's fun really experience true. For them.
2: And what you yeah. haven't seen because you haven't been here for the, the run here so yeah. far. Applause at the end of every single um, showing. Wow, I mean, just natural applause. I mean, I wasn't there to start it.
1: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you weren't the ringer. In the no, room. I wasn't the ringer. No,
2: no, I was the, the mourner at the funeral. You know, but I, for me, was the night of the party here at the house. Ah, yes. Yeah, so and I ready. went up to you. We were all having a glass of wine. I went up to you and I said, "Okay, so now you got the cast. Mm. You got the. We're all ready to shoot. You got the locations." how are you ever gonna get this thing edited? And you said.
1: Oh, that's right. With we tears was, in your eyes. We were sponsored by the Edit Center. Yeah, you know, we, we found out at the very, very last minute that the Edit Center in Brooklyn um, had chosen us as their, I think it was their July cycle. Mm-hmm. So we had, I think it was 13, maybe even more, editors at our disposal to put together the first assembly right, of it
2: was just, I mean, that was a thrill to me because so many films just end. Yeah. At the end of the shoot, you can't get anyone to edit it. Right. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, all, all along the way, something has magically happened mm-hmm. to keep the project moving forward.
2: Right. Well, the magic of getting the dune shack. Yeah. I mean, really, stand yeah. searching for a dune shack on a barrier beach yep. in February mm-hmm. and not being able to. I mean, I, I knew you were doing that. So you were crazy. Right. And you run into a woman who says, What what are you doing out here? Right. And you tell her and she says, Follow me. Right. And then what I didn't realize until after the fact that we went to that location, the name of the road is Seal Lane.
1: You know, I'd never noticed that either because we weren't filming that street. No. But the very fact that
2: Did you finally see it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and in one of the, I think in one of the set photos or some, some, somebody pointed that out to me or I saw it at some point when we were going to some after event or something. You know.
2: And then Karen walking into the dune shack after it had been dressed by the, by the dressing crew, whatever they're called. Yeah. And she said, how much is this rent for? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to live there.
1: That was the one set that we, we dressed because everything else was uh, a real every, location.
2: That's, is yeah. that so? Yeah. Well, no, you dressed, well, you dressed Joan Erickson's house too.
1: A little bit, yeah, a little bit, but but truly, the Dune Shack in the movie was a boathouse, right? So that was that was created from the ground up Mm -hmm. by our production designer, and uh, and her team. Yeah.
2: Okay, so you tell me another favorite moment during the shoot. During the shoot, you had some awful moments during the shoot. I had some. You're not going to tell those.
1: (laughs) I had some low moments.
2: No, you well, I mean, who wouldn't? You Mm. were holding it all.
1: Yeah. I mean i think that's the thing that you underestimate or one underestimates it's see what's interesting is the writing process going back to you know what was sort of the favorite part that's when we were able to still be in control of the world
2: <laughs> yes right. right i
1: mean it started with you yes just by yourself being control able to, right tell your story
2: are you a control freak yeah <laughs>
1: I, I like to think of myself as as a as, as a guide as a as, mm-hmm. as a shaman for what i want
2: that's not hardly that's hardly a shaman a Um, shaman kind of waits for it all to come down to come
1: down and just and just to be to magically appear Um, but yeah no there's that moment where i think it's kind of like raising a child in that you put all this energy and Uh effort right Mm -hmm. and you 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 think that you know what's right and what's good and what's and then you have this slow dawning realization that (laughs) they this 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 being has their own their own will Uh their own mind their own passions or whatever and they may not align with yours so the filmmaking process from going from the screenwriting to the actual making of the movie you realize you have to let go of a lot of those preconceived notions and allow everybody to bring hopefully their best to the table so you want your actors to bring their best performances you want your crew to being, you know their best talents, and you're constantly honestly what you're doing is uh, just you're just managing time and people, and you're constantly racing the clock because you're trying to get as because many you're setups poor. As, many, <laughs> as many setups and as many. And you're trying to get it shot as much as possible.
2: So let me ask you: Did you ever meet Yannick or Michael beforehand? Uh. Uh-uh. You just they came on the set.
1: Uh yeah they just came they they just showed up.
2: And I had, how
1: about I a, Celia? I did get to meet, I met with Celia in uh, Pat's office in New York, our casting director. And I met with Karen in Pat's office. I never even saw Esipeta. She and I just spoke on the phone. I think Michael and I spoke on the phone. Yannick and I had a Skype chat. Yeah. So I actually saw Yannick. But um, yeah, no, it was... <laughs>
2: I mean, there's officially. not a woman who has seen this film
1: it's 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 kind of fun, right? So 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 it goes back to that. What's what's the exciting part is that
2: well, that was the, the, the that was an exciting part.
1: Yeah, we don't want to give any spoilers, or, uh, you know. Uh, but when when women actually kind of it's like being at a Beatles concert. Oh, it is. You know? Oh, it and, is. And they kind of melt a little. And bit. And they wonder
2: why I did I what did I do with him? Right. Was I going to ever? <laughs> it's,
1: it's 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 the vicarious yeah. the nature of it, I think.
2: And he was such a great guy. Yeah. But he told me in this dining room, he said, um, "I said, why did you take the part?" Mm. Oh, gotta stop that.
1: to <laughs> a Oh, did you Would you have something in your?
0: It's just the centerpiece. It's a little, it's a little strange, but it's fine. You need, yeah, oh, we can just keep it there because we have it out through it's, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, because they want to now match it. Oh, okay, right. So it's when they intercut odd. and stuff like that. It's pretty cute. Um, so you were saying you're rolling, right? Oh yeah. you rolling? Okay. So you were saying about Yannick when he was sitting at the table. Oh yeah.
2: So I mean, I had never met them. It was so exciting for them all to come in, you know, to the house and have dinner, and we had had this, we had all these people coming to help, help. It was all, Nobody was a real waitress or a real anything. Right, right. <laughs> we were all acting. It was
1: all volunteer labor.
2: But um, he, I said, why, why are you, why did you take the part? And he said, Well, I kind of resonated with the whole story too. I'm, I'm really going through my own mm. crisis.
1: That's, I think, the key.
2: Everybody was. And and,
1: and what we've discovered. So taking it down to Florida, it was one thing to take it on the on the festival circuit, Mm -hmm. but taking it down to Florida and seeing how the film was resonating with men, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And I don't know because I haven't been at a screening on the Cape. You've been to some of the screenings at the Cape Cinema, but I'm getting the sense that there, we always knew that it was kind of a universal story, Mm -hmm. a universal message. We always felt that it was timeless because this is a perennial thing. Mm -hmm. We're all growing, we're all aging we're all expanding right um but it seems to me that and and maybe it's just part of the zeitgeist culturally what's happening if you maybe we are the antidote or the counterbalance to this youth obsessed culture and this kind of media saturation of this is how you should look or this is how you should behave or this is how you should be and there's all these people who are saying that doesn't feel right right to me
2: yeah I'm going to meet with somebody um, next week for coffee mm. who's in a terrible situation with his marriage and his life. And she's like uh, the fisherman's wife in the movie. Mm. And he's like the fisherman. Mm. He's a soft guy. Mm. And he doesn't understand what's happening to his, to his life. Yeah, So he's going to start his search. You it's,
1: know? it's almost like the film, in the same way that your book gave so many readers permission to... Carve out time, explore, and you know, for themselves and explore. Hopefully, the film and the way that we adapted the story and the way that we end the film. Hopefully, people can see it's it's like it's not it's not a threat. It's not a scary thing, right? Because so many people get afraid of the hard conversations or change or the Mm -hmm. the fact. There was a great article in the New York Times recently about how most marriages break down and most relationships break down because the two parties go into it expecting it to be the same. Right. Instead of going into it and saying this is going to be an exciting journey. Yeah,
2: because who knows what you're, what you're going to turn out like.
1: Exactly. Right. And and who know and and how am I going to turn out? Right. And let's just let's just go on this journey right. and see what happens and sort of enjoy and embrace the change that takes place.
2: And that's kind of what you did directing the film. You went on this journey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there was <laughs> you, a lot of change. <laughs> in
2: 22 days, you tried to put this story together. And, and in the end, there were a few little cuts that were you, you almost couldn't make the edit. Yeah. right?
1: always tricky. Yeah, because we, we, we didn't necessarily have all the footage. So tell me, I want to know, because I was I was off on the sidelines seeing what was happening when we opened the film at the Cape Cinema. So we obviously had a phenomenal oh, first week, right? right? Um, it was, out of the top 100 films in New England, we were $68 short no. of being on the first page. We were the 51st film in New England, our opening week, uh-huh. of all the films, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we were actually the number three movie behind Guardians.
2: And- I know, I, how did that happen?
1: Well, it, it was it was just one of those things where Our per screen average, because we were in this great theater, we just shot to the top of the list. So obviously the big studio movies that had Guardians on a lot of screens, and then Mm -hmm. there was Bakubali, that Mm -hmm. was the Indian film, that was the second film, and then it was Year by the Sea, in position number 51. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the crazy thing, because then the phone started to ring. Then that, that very next Monday, when mm-hmm. everybody goes and looks at all the box office reports, right. that's when exhibitors started calling us. Really? And film buyers started calling us. And people started going, what is this? What is Where this? Where is this? Where what did this come from? Right. But when you were on Cape, have you gotten a sense yet? Oh, I
2: can't go into the grocery store now.
1: So people are talking. The viral marketing Oh, yeah. Marketing I
2: mean, they're happening. stopping me at the grocery counter and we're holding up the line because I came yesterday, my husband came too, and I mean, they're all talking about, going together and what happened to them while they were there. Then the husband starts talking to me. I mean, the last time I was at the grocery store I was stopped four times. Wow. It's wonderful. I mean it's it's not just about Cape Cod. It's mm. not just about knowing me. Mm. It's the story.
1: Right. And are you hearing that people are going back, back again? Yeah. So my, it's, it's kind of like the festival. My therapist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my therapist went she's gone twice and she's going a third time. Wow. And her partner she would notice that he was just wiping away tears.
1: Huh. Yeah, we, we, we had some moments in Florida, uh, cause we had to split up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you were with Laura and I was with Karen, but Karen and I would be stopped, besieged, on, as people were leaving the, the, the um, theater. And some of them were so moved, you know, that they couldn't actually communicate, but right. they just wanted to touch her. I know. <laughs> they just wanted to, you know, like, just I know. be able to say thank you in, in some and way. And
2: her, her acting, her craft, Is so well honed. That was my big thrill. My big thrill was watching these really talented people take a short line Mm. and draw it out Mm. with their body and their soul and their breath Mm. and their when she takes the glass of wine and she says, I am what does she say? We have to have an adventure or something. Mm. And Mm. she starts to drink the wine and he she's swallowing it. He says, Well, we had Africa. She goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was 30 years ago. That's an example of how these people were or when, when Yannick was doing the, the oysters. Mm-hmm. How this actor was cutting them, drinking a little beer, slurping the oyster, and tossing it in the water. And speaking.
1: Yeah. yeah no, it was... It was. It was the it, timing. It was a dance.
2: It was a dance. Yeah. For me, that was such a great privilege to see talented people doing what they do best. Yeah.
1: And it comes out on screen.
2: And I, the other thing I loved was the uh, the barge.
1: Oh, the the, the film the, the, that you
2: had to buy the you had to rent the barge, <laughs> and that was amazing because of course you wouldn't have any of those shots back on on right. the land right. if you didn't have this barge. You know,
1: we, we had the same crew. Did you that um, that our finest hours had? Oh, really? Our marine crew was the same crew,
2: and they liked us better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we're,
1: know. We're the, we're the heart film.
2: We are the heart film, and we're.
1: It's funny because Laura's now coined a phrase, so. There, there's everybody's always referred to independent films as art house mm-hmm. and then some people started referring to or differentiating certain independent films as smart house mm-hmm. because maybe they weren't so kind of like avant-garde mm-hmm. or you know sort of stretching the envelope mm-hmm. but they were still you know smart house films laura's now coined the phrase heart house
2: because we are
1: yeah we're all about the heart we
2: are we all, and you are always about, always about the heart
1: yeah, Which because... is why
2: I liked you. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> when you came, you looked look like this little boy with your little book under your arm.
1: I was younger then.
2: You were much... I, I was, was almost a decade ago. I was too. <laughs> but I know you change in a decade. That's what I say, right? Yeah. You were not who you were 10 years ago. No. That's for sure. For sure not. But you're not getting gray, so... No, you're doing No, I don't right. know why.
1: Like uh, all of my friends are.
2: Because it's all creative. You're being, you are being 100% creative. And it's driving you crazy. (laughs) Can you
0: guys extrapolate on that a little bit? The the fact that it's that that 10 year period, you guys have obviously changed. That's pretty amazing. I mean, are you just saying it, how that relates to the film and the story behind the film is making it over this period of 10 years?
1: You know, actually, that's a very good point because um, making the movie for me has been a journey in and of itself. Right. And what I'm thinking of specifically is, I, I started out the process thinking that I was a pretty enlightened guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, When you line me up mm-hmm. you know, with a bunch of other you know, men in the world. But it was only through making the film, working with those three beautiful actresses, and then ultimately taking the film out and testing it and doing um, those audience screenings where we had mm-hmm. the conversations with women, where I started to realize that I had internalized, you know, through culture and uh, you know this country and p- perhaps you know religious influences or whatever they may be. I caught myself in being in a sort of a male-dominated world and a male-dominated position, and I had to actually, the way I was presenting certain characters in the movie, and we wound up cutting, you know, mm-hmm. some people, and, and it was because of the way that the women in the audience were responding to the fishermen. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see it. No. But they educated and illuminated me. So I actually came away a better man.
2: Yeah. Well that's
1: having made the film about women.
2: Well, because you were working with a life cycle. Right. We which is also part of Joan Erickson.
1: That's the crazy thing, is that because it took ten years I actually went through an Ericksonian life cycle you did. in the process of making yeah, the movie. exactly,
2: exactly. And remember, we had a party at some we had a party at some point, and I looked at all the the, the characters on benches at, at a bar, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized they were all trying to change their life, and they were all at different ages and stages. Right. And you can't not come to this film and not want to change some, somehow.
1: Yeah.
2: And you also want to be left alone
1: yeah it seems to be a a very um it's interesting i i I find people coming out of it either wanting to talk right right or not wanting to talk right they have they have these two profound reactions either it like it hits them and they need to just think about it or they come out and they can't wait to to break it all down and to figure out you know well what about this and what about that
2: well i think it's an american shirley valentine shirley valentine ran away to greece I ran away to Cape Cod, mm-hmm. and 10, 15 years later.
1: So then, so then we had Shirley Valentine. Then we had Under the Tuscan Sun.
2: Right, but she ran away and had an affair. Oh, that's true. She in, in the book, she went with her husband.
1: That's right. That's right. And then, E. Pray Love. It was also sort of about
2: mm-hmm. a the, man, the
1: relationship. And that, so, so, so you're right. So you, you kind of bookend Shirley Valentine, and you are really the woman's story. We're
2: trying to find ourselves in a in a world that doesn't really give us that chance. Right. Who am I beyond the roles that I play? Right. But the ten year thing is really interesting because I've I've held I've just said it's been seven years. I won't even accept the fact that was (laughs) two. It
1: was January of two thousand eight. And I
2: I I feel um, I mean I've been totally pulled away from my writing life.
1: Yeah, you, you, you missed out on another book.
2: I missed it. <laughs> I've just been completely absorbed in this. In this, Well, I haven't, I haven't gone to Yale Drama School. I've always loved the theater, mm. but I had no idea how fascinating film a film would be. And whenever anyone came to help work on the film, which was often, mm. um, I would first bring them to the set mm. so they could see all the trucks and all the crew and everything that went into it and say, okay, you're here now. Not for fun. You really are here to work. Right. And it's, it was crappy work that I gave them.
1: Nobody realizes how much work it is no. to make a movie and to release a film.
2: Right. No, they don't.
1: Because it, it, uh, you just, you know, you read the trade magazine. Right. So-and-so, you know, hired to do this or whatever. And then it magically appears in the multiplex. But you know, but, you know
2: Robin was reading, my husband was reading re- recently, um, how they've, they're holding back one film. I don't know what it is, but it's a big film. Hmm. And it's been two years now holding it back. And I think it takes a lot of courage to finally put it out there. Right. Which you did in Chatham two years ago.
1: Yeah. We, our and first you time.
2: started without the backstory, which yeah. I wanted more backstory, your right. father wanted more backstory. Right. And you were like so furious that <laughs> we <laughs> But I mean, you know, then you had to change. You had to give into it.
1: Well, I think it's it's sort of discovering that it's kind of going back to that analogy of the child. Like y- you cannot force a film to be something that it's not. No. So the the, the film ultimately dictated how it wanted to be edited, mm-hmm. as opposed to how I wanted to edit it. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different versions and lots of different things that I would have mm-hmm. done or like to explore or played around with. But that wasn't intrinsically, organically true to what the film.
2: And what? then, what really upset me was I was watching it one day at the nursing home, mm. and they took one of my best lines away. <laughs> and it was the actors that chose not to use that line about divorce. Yeah. Because they said, well, they, Up until this point, there'd been no talk about divorce. Right. Why are we going to confuse the audience at this point? Right. I still wanted the line to be in there.
1: <laughs> did you, by the way, speaking of the uh, um, epic, did you go to the screening no. that we played it for? No, the, I did. Yeah.
2: That was so cool.
1: Yeah, that would be really interesting. That's really wonderful. I would imagine that that would have had a huge impact.
2: Don't you think we've said enough now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what 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 have we not uh, covered? Yeah, yeah. You guys have got some, some good stuff in there. Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, anything else that's really? I guess it is just it's all about you know why this is. It's all about us. Mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like why it's going to be super super meaningful to any individual, not any individual. Right. but... More more things
1: about the universe. The universality. Universality.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, could you? Yeah, sorry. Are you, are you, okay, so I I would say, um, it's been really interesting for me that people have asked, what's it like to see yourself on the screen? Hmm. Well, I was never myself on the screen, which is why I really love watching Karen Allen on the screen, and she wanted to meet me and find out how I was back then, and I said, Karen, have you ever wanted to run away from home? Oh, she said many times. I said, well then that's what you're gonna play. And that, what, that's what makes the story universal. Stopping, stopping your life, and listening to what your heart needs to tell you. Hmm. And uh, there's a there's a line in the in the movie that Yannick says. Actually, uh, she says, "Don't you ever get lonely out there being a fisherman?" Hmm. And he says, "Loneliness, Joan, is not knowing who you are." Right. That is everyone's story. Yeah,
1: I think that's that's the crux of it. Is that we all have these moments. Where we're lost. We just don't know who we are or where we are in relationship or what's happening in our careers. You know, it can be professional, it can be personal, it can be um, relationship, it can be parental, it, 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 but there's always those moments. And that's actually the best part. Right. It's when you stop and you say, okay, I need to just pay
2: attention. But right? this movie makes you stop. Mm. I mean, it gives you the suggestion that it's all right to stop. Mm-hmm. So that they're, at the end of the film, not to give anything away in the film, but you can see that she has grown during the year because she stopped. Mm-hmm. And all of the detail that you put into it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that was a good one,
0: too. Come on, Robin.
1: <laughs> uh. It's the answer machine, though.
2: Um all of the what was i saying all of the all all of the all of the metaphors mm-hmm. that you were able to come up with and put in the film mm-hmm. and that's why people have to see it two and three times mm-hmm. because they they the first time they were just looking at the relationship mm-hmm. for themselves or for who with with whomever they were in relationship with the second time they got to see more detail mm-hmm. they got to really pick out the there's so much detail of how to actually learn from being alone, mm-hmm. from being on the Cape, from being by the ocean. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm as unfinished as a shoreline along the beach. Mm-hmm. And we all are. Mm-hmm. And that is such an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks about being unfinished. In this culture, they think about being finished. Right. I'm going to be da-da, and I'm gonna be there, and that's that.
1: Well, it's interesting, we, we, we get so caught up in that sort of means to the end. We're, we're, we're paying attention to the end game. Mm-hmm. Or that final thing and we actually realize we're not living our lives right. to the fullest right? because we're not in the moment we're not in the now
2: and you still get to wait for this film to be winning an Academy Award <laughs> and maybe it'll be 10 years
1: <laughs> it's it, you know it's just it's one of these just. it's, it's just a long oh, time. Right? so let it's me go back like
2: to that. the question I asked you earlier yeah. would you do it again
1: um, if the audience wants it absolutely right i mean because the the way that we have the, the way we made the the film the way it was designed is to sort of i, I see this as sort of like the gift right
2: the, mm-hmm. the,
1: the, the this is this is us to the audience mm-hmm. now the question is is the audience going to give us a gift back are they going to go out see the film tell their friends to go see the film give us that proof of concept give people the confidence that we actually have something, you know, mm-hmm. material that is resonating with people. And then it's like, okay, well, now we need to go make the sequel. Now right. we need to continue to tell the story. Yeah, right? let's do that. They're ready for it. I don't want to write another book. <laughs> <You just laughs> I want to go make another book. movie?
2: <laughs> See, of course, I, just being the person watching, <laughs> right. would love to ma- watch right. watch you make another but not, movie. But
1: not another 10 years.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you'll be so famous by then, it won't <laughs> matter. You'll just be able to do whatever you want to do. I wouldn't go that far. But people have compared this movie to movies that won some of the awards last year and said this is a much better movie. Hmm.
1: We're definitely the uh, the antidote. We're, we're, we're a feel-good film.
2: We are. So. And that one line from the reviewer review, where this is a sleeper movie for 2017,
1: mm.
2: I like that line.
1: Yeah. It's a different kind of film. It is. It's much more organic. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, we're different kind of people.
1: True. It's, it's, it's actually in this day and age, it really represents indie filmmaking.
2: Well, people called me the woman who got away, the woman who took a vacation the from runaway marriage. Wife. The runaway wife. You know, So it is different. Right. <laughs> who has the nerve to do that? Right. You either leave for good or you right. just run away for a while. Right. Well, Sandy, it's been great working with you. <laughs> <laughs> OK? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're with. That's yeah, great. you guys have plenty of so. stuff. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: Year by the Sea was shot almost entirely on the Cape in 2016, using real locations as the settings for many of the scenes. You can watch the entire film through Amazon Streaming. Blindside is a Sandwich Community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.